Welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast with your host, Dennis and Lisa McEntee. And Lisa, it's been it's been a fun journey over the last three weeks. We've kind of taken this idea of how do we d- expand our confidence and mm-hmm. this idea there's two legs to confidence. There's a character and there's a competency. And listen, if you have not read the book, Speed of Trust, it's an oldie bit of goodie, but we kind of pulled those two ideas, character and competency, and we just wanted to talk through those because it was so impactful for us years ago. And we thought maybe you'd get some value from it too. So we want to finish today with this last idea about results. Really, it's a it's a competency skill of all about producing results. Absolutely. And it's it's establishing a track record of getting things done. Mm-hmm. It's making things happen on time and on budget. Oh, on um, budget. The as, on budget. As Yoda says, do or not do, there is no there try. Is no try. It, it, and even think about like the the emotional effect that, oh, I'll try or I'll do it. It, it. And we've even done this in workshops where we have everybody say, okay, say I try. You go, I try, I'll try or I'll do it. And there is just this definite sort of like commitment when you say, I'll do it. But if you try, there's not a lot of commitment to try. So on the home front, here's a home front um, solution is, I know you don't, is you've got guests coming over. Your mother-in-law is coming in town. Uh Uh-oh. Your in-laws are coming in town and they will be in town at five o'clock tonight. That scares me. So you know what you do? Tell me. You do not try. You just, you do. You do. You just, you get results. If your mom's coming to the house, you're right. I'm not trying. I'm doing it. Or there is the, yeah, we need to put, we need to put things together. We need to to knock out this checklist. Mm -hmm. We've got to get all these things done and let's get it all done today. That's a try because the in-laws are not coming in town at five o'clock. And that's the difference between try and results. And so we want you to produce results because when you produce results, it's like it increases confidence. So there's no hidden agendas. There's none of this interpersonal conflict, defensiveness, protective communication, all of this emotional waste that really deters teams. So it's really about building character, building confidence. Because the last thing you want to do is overpromise and underdeliver. That's what try is. I love it. I love it. Yep. And so let's just kind of talk about results. And, you know, there's a Texas saying that I love. (laughs) It's all hat, but no cattle. And we love to watch Yellowstone. And I I think about that with the big hats. The cool thing about Yellowstone, they got a lot of cattle. They got a lot of cattle, right? It's like John Dutton can wear that hat because he's got more cattle than he's got hats. And I can't wear that hat. It, but when you think about it, all hat, no cattle, that's like I make a lot of promises, but I don't perform. Right? I got all this hat. I make a lot of big promises, but my performance is suffering. And there's this idea that, you know, if I have a big hat, I must have a lot of cattle. And just because you make a lot of promises doesn't mean you'll really perform. And so that would be delivering activities instead of results. So yep. we're busy, 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 but we're not really getting anything done. And it's busy work without accomplishing anything real. And it, so that is, that's the try instead of the results. Well, and how many times do we wear biz, busy as a badge of honor? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. Well, what results are you producing? And there's almost this idea sometimes with teams is they say, oh, I've worked really hard. Like, I'm supposed to get like a badge of honor. That's an accolade. That's an accolade. Well, of course you're supposed to work, right? <laughs> I, I mean, we come to work, guess what? To work. Well, us. And that that's mean, what we get paid for. Yeah. But 
stepping down and going, okay, what are the results of that of that work? Not just work for work, but I always want to produce results. And I think as we continue to develop, even with our clients, results-driven organizations, you continue to look at results. And, and you don't get stuck sometimes in trying to manage activity. You're able to mm-hmm. change activity and make improvements quickly because it's all about the result. It's not about the bureaucracy of the activity, but it's about the results that I produce. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And so let's just kind of talk through some of the mindsets of results. And I think this is a big one, Lisa, is you expect to win. And what we've discovered is that winning is really a habit. And just like losing becomes a habit, winning becomes a habit. And you almost step into it and you expect to win. So I was doing a quarterly review with a client a couple years ago. And Lisa, and I know their quarters, right? If we're working with you on a consulting basis, we know your numbers, we know your quarters. And this team didn't have maybe the, the best quarter, not a stellar quarter, but I had one of the team members come up to me and she said, Dennis, we're always winning. And I realized it's this idea of celebrating wins mm-hmm. and you create this momentum. It's not that they didn't have problems or maybe challenges, but it was a winning mindset. And one thing we do with our roundtable participants, and I think is one of them, they've told us one of the most helpful things is we put them in accountability cohorts. And uh, listen, if you want information about the roundtable, just reach out to us. We'll put some ideas in the show notes. We'll we'll send you to the page where you can have a conversation. Maybe it's a good fit for you to be a part of a small group of people that get you growing your organization and really about big results. But with these accountability cohorts that we put them in with two or three other people is they start texting each other. These are my wins for the day. This, this is my top three for the day. These are my wins for the day. And what they've told us is it's created this momentum in their life. It's like built this confidence so they can step in and do harder things because you, when you expect to win, you start to win. Absolutely. It, and I know, say, for example, there's been sports teams that have won all these championships and the very next year they, they just expect to win. There, there's not a doubt. There's and not when a, you, they replay, they play second, third, or fourth, everyone's disappointed. And they're, because mad, they're mad at themselves. They're mad at themselves because they expected to win. Yeah, and I think it's sort of increasing your standards. And winning is a habit, just like losing is a habit. So I'd rather make winning a habit. And really, like, who can decide what a win is? Only you. So the the next one is really clarifying results up front. Yeah. So So we're in the process of this. We're running through it. We want to clarify our results up front because if we want to win, well, how do we know that we won? What are those results? What is that clarification? And it's, First of all, it's clarifying expectations. So this is what a win looks like to me. If if we're setting quarterly goals, Mm -hmm. what exactly – is that goal? How do we know that we met it? And it's very clear to everybody. And it's very clear to everyone. So that is disclosing all of the facts. Mm-hmm. It's revealing and it's validating expectations. So everyone knows it's an open book and we are clarifying those results up front before we even start. And don't assume that they're clear and don't assume that you've shared them because assuming is just will make a mess because yeah. if it's not clear, it will be um, have to be renegotiated, which is another aspect of it is do renegotiate it. Renegotiate it if you need to. You're in the process of going through, you're working through these results, and yeah. you're seeing, yeah, we need to punt. This, mm-hmm. is, this is not happening. We have got to punt. So go through and renegotiate. That's part of clarifying results up front. It's not, okay, uh, throwing this out the window. It's we're going to go through, we're going to renegotiate if needed, 
but we're going to do it as soon as possible. Well, and, and it's like always do it up front, not after the deadline. Absolutely. Because many times, Lisa, if, if a deadline is Friday, and but many times you'll know by Thursday afternoon, yeah, we're just not this. We, some things happened this week. We had some surprises. and But if you know Thursday afternoon, don't wait till the next Monday after the deadline passes. Talk about it Thursday afternoon. Come and clarify that. At least it's why we created the Intention Clarifier. Because it really clarifies that and kind of a sneak peek for everybody. It's coming really soon. Um, Emotionally Intelligent, the new online coaching program and course, and Intention Clarifiers in there. We walk through a whole module where we unpack that about how to get really, really clear on results because that drama lives between the gap of unstated expectation and the reality and learning how to tell talked about reality in the right way, and then how to really get good at clarifying results. And it eliminates a lot of that emotional waste and drama that happens. Right. And that's that's how you can be more interactive and less reactive, which is why we created Emotionally Intelligent, to help people become more interactive and less reactive. So you don't have a bunch of um, explosions going off wherever you're trying to get anything done. And because that just is not a and not it doesn't, a fun and thing it to doesn't do. clarify results, right? Because it's like you're in that emotion. So Lisa, here's three kind of questions that I think through about clarifying results is like after a conversation, hey, what have you understood from our conversation today? Mm-hmm. Right? What do you what do you see as our next steps or what do you see as our next steps? Right? Get really clear because every conversation should have a reason and a result. And then what can we do to make things more clear in the future? And get some strat continue to get strategies. Because we can always get better at this. This is a skill that continue to improve. And something that we do along that is even when we're having a conversation or it'll be a day off and and the first question I ask is, okay, what's the objective of today? What what makes today a win? What what do we how do we clarify this? Uh, today is a work you, you day. You and I are so results driven. There's got to be people on the podcast going, um, it's their free day, it's their day off, and they're asking what are the results for today? <laughs> but but the interesting thing is is it's yeah. it is a way to clarify results up front because yeah. if it if it's just me by myself, I don't ask myself what's the objective of today. But if it's if I'm with a group of people, whether it's my team and we're in a team meeting, or if it's you and I or our family, we're thinking, okay, by the end of the day, when we're at the end of the day, what makes what, today successful? What makes today successful? What's the objective? Well, we want to have fun and we want to be able to interact with each other and we want to feel rested. We want to feel rested. Okay, so let's not go on a 50 mile hike because we probably won't feel rested. Thank you. We may Thank have you. fun, but. No 50 miles. So hikes. so what is the objective? And and people think that they're clarifying results when yeah. they go through and they list, okay, this is the outcome, this is the results, but they truly fail to pin down the specifics mm-hmm. for meaningful accountability. Yeah, that's really good. And so Lisa, so what you're saying is that on a free day and I want to feel rested and relaxed, is it's okay for me to take a nap. It's okay for you to take a nap, but better yet, let's grab our paddle boards, go out to the lake, and just kind of float out there and I was thinking a little paddle. Like, I was thinking about laying out on the deck, you know, in yeah. front of the fire, just taking a nap right there. You could do that too. Okay. All right. So clarify results. And that's in every area because it's that unstated expectation that we typically get mucked up in. And it's why we created the intention clarifier really to kind of 
figure some of that stuff out. And then that's how we go to the next one, which is finish strong. We can finish strong because we've gone through and we've started by expecting to win. And then we've clarified our results up front yeah. so we can finish strong. And, and here's a statement that I read is that be- beginners are many, but finish- finishers are few. And I was thinking about this is that people remember for how strong you finish, not for how strong you start. Now, that's a little hard for me because I'm a 10 quick start. If you've taken the Colby Index, um, it's a great number. It's a great thing to be, but it provides some unique challenges. I tell people all the time I'm I'm a fantastic starter. I mean, I start – nobody starts better than me, Lisa. Nobody starts stronger than me. I just don't always finish. And this is part of like having great, great teamwork too is building teams of people that if I'm a quick start, I need people with high follow through that can step in and take things sort to completion. And that's the benefit of of self-awareness and knowing who you are because that is how you finish strong. You need all of these strengths of the different people on your team and we rely on those. And that's that's how we get those results that we want. Well and just because you you're weak in some things, cannot, it cannot be an excuse. We can't say, oh, yeah, I'm just a wh- horrible finisher. It doesn't matter. Projects still have to be finished. And that's where building a team and, and being honest about some of these things. And Lisa, there are still some things that I need to finish strong on. I do need to take certain things to completion. There are certain things that only you can do, and you have to be the one to complete it. You can't delegate those. Yeah, I, I cannot delegate some of the roles. I can't delegate being a husband. I can't delegate being a father. I, I definitely don't want to delegate being a grandfather. Oh my gosh, there's like nothing better than that. Like, why would I ever delegate that? And you can't delegate your health. Right. And so those. And you cannot delegate your character. And so finishing strong in character, finishing strong on my health with my family relationships. There are tasks that I can delegate, but you think about holistically, what do you need to finish strong on? Because finishing is a habit just like starting is a habit. Mm -hmm. And how many people are great door openers, but they're not door closers? So maybe here's a good question for the audience is what's in your life right now that you need to close the door on? Right. What are some things that you need to bring to completion so that you can go on to the next thing? And I think sometimes people don't go to that next step because they haven't finished strong. It's this idea is that how you finish something determines how you start the next thing. And this just becomes partly a character issue. And really delivering results is all about how do you finish. And so that a good example of that would be when you are leaving one job to take on another job. You want to finish strong in the current position you have, not just because you want a good recommendation, yeah. but because it uh, it is the springboard for the success in your next endeavor, is finishing strong where you're at and then starting starting well and that and that is a that's a character it is in in a little bit think about that how you start determines how you finish so you never want to start until you're finished and it's part of why we do quarterly goals with our team it's why we with our consulting clients our even our roundtable participants we ask them to set these quarterly goals so that they come back and they finish up They finish up with the quarter and then it gives them a clean slate that they can start again. But many times if you're always starting, you never get that blessing of a clean slate. You never get that blessing of like, okay, my head is clear. Now I can look out at the next quarter. And if we're not careful, people only give that that to themselves January 1st. 
I think that's what gets people so excited about the new year is they feel like, okay, it's done. But if you haven't finished the last year well, you can't start the new year very well. So it's this idea of finishing strong. It's like trying to fill up two buckets at the same time. You know, you've got your your splitter and you've got, you're filling them both up mm -hmm. and it would be much faster, much more effective if you finish one, get it going and then you can move on to the next. And it's really closing some of these open loops. So what's the open loop that you need to close? What do you need to finish finish so that you can start something new? So, But that's not all. we got another one. Absolutely. Confronting reality. Uh-oh. Yeah. So this is tackling issues head on and even the undiscussables. Ooh, like the sacred cows. The sacred cows. Obviously. The elephant in the room. Within within reason and in the appropriate environment. You yep, don't you don't want to bring in sacred cows and talk about elephants in the room um, when it's not even the environment yeah. for that. Um, it's addressing the tough stuff directly and quickly. Listen, You're do you remember not that, waiting. I don't know who wrote that book, but it's like um, sacred cows make the best hamburgers. I that's, have that never is, heard that's that book. Oldie but a goodie. We'll have to figure that out and put that in the show notes. And if it's not a book, maybe it is now. Maybe it is now. Maybe we're writing it. But I think it was a book, right? It's this idea of sacred cows make the best hamburgers. <laughs> I don't know. Just I just don't even know what to say about that. You know what? Just keep going. So the next one would be confronting reality. So we're confronting the the task or the role, yep. not necessarily the person. We're talking about the action not the individual. So you don't want to slice and dice. Almost like don't shame people. Right. You're, you don't want to shame people. Yeah. You This happened, but it's not necessarily who they are. I did a bad thing, but I'm not a bad person. Exactly. I failed at this, but I'm not a failure. Right. It's a big distinction to make. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can make a mistake or you, some things can go, go wrong. And it honestly, it could be have absolutely nothing to do with what you were doing because mm. there are so many outside forces involved. And so when you, sometimes you do need to confront the person, the individual, the mm -hmm. character and what's going on and work with that. But a lot of times it's, this is what happened. This is the role. You're not a bad person. You could be in the wrong position, but we're dealing with the issues and the actions, not the individual. Well, at least there's us. All, there's this idea that you'll never change what you're unwilling to confront, and you'll never confront what you're afraid of. Mm -hmm. And so let's kind of talk about that. Like, why do people not confront? Well, they want to ignore reality, and sometimes they prefer to be in denial. Play the ostrich. They play the ostrich. Stick head in the sand. I see nothing. I hear nothing. That's my favorite Hogan's Heroes quote. And if you're born after 1985, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about, right? But Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's I, Heroes. Yeah. It's a good one. It, but people don't confront because they feel they fear pain. Mm, um, yeah. They fear the outcome. They fear being shunned. Wow. Because they fear losing acceptance because they don't they don't confront. And the the problem is is when we don't do that we we can't tackle the issues head on and we're not we're not attacking the person and the individual we're just dealing with the actions and we're dealing with the role we're dealing with the the result of what happened. Does it kind of go back to this idea is that we we never want to complain about what we permit? And many times we permit it by not addressing it. Maybe it's not even our responsibility, but if I haven't at least stepped in to say something, I really don't have any privilege to complain about it because I haven't said anything. 
and I talk about this a lot with some of our consulting and trading clients is how many times does something happen in the organization and you don't address it, but man, you go home and complain to your spouse about it. And you don't have the privilege of complaining if you haven't first stepped into that space to have the conversation. And there is an aspect of being able to process. Now, um, that is something we talk about in in emotionally intelligent, being less uh, reactive and more interactive. It's coming soon. And it's coming soon. But what we talk about is we talk about, okay, do we need to vent? Do we need to just... Um, verbally process on things because sometimes before we can confront an issue, we need to actually sit down and work through what are the issues in the middle of the issue that we're dealing with. And in order to do that, sometimes we have to verbally process. So if you come to me and you come across as complaining or um, talking about another yeah. person, am I part of the solution in that I'm allowing you to, I'm a safe space for you to be able to verbally process. Or is this something that you just need to go directly and talk about the tough issues yourself? It's a great question. And if you are the person that's there to help people process, it's very important not to make a value judgment. Because how many times, Lisa, you don't have a problem with that person, but I come and complain to you. And I give you one side of the story, and all of a sudden, you're mad at that person. And I take up that offense. Yeah, and very, very important. And it's part of why we developed the trigger identifier, is it's a way to like just name the situation and then confront the reality of all of these different emotions that you walk through. And, and, the, and the needs that you have. What do I need? Just tell yourself the and truth about what I need. What can I do about it? Okay, yeah. so now that I know what I actually need for this situation, what is the step that I can take? And it really puts those action steps. Not only say, here's the thing. I think we've talked about this the last four podcasts, and I know there are people that haven't downloaded it. So listen, if you're watching on YouTube, there is a way. Click that little show notes, and you'll be able to download it. And listen, people might be listening in their car. So don't click while you're driving. Don't click and drive. Are you sure not? Don't click. Yes. And, Lisa says, I don't, don't want to be responsible drive. for okay, any accidents. Click. Stop your car right now if you're driving, right? <laughs> No, but you know, when you're done driving or when you're done running or when you're done doing whatever you do, open up the show notes and download it because it is really a great free resource. And it's one of the things that our clients have said, Dennis, these, this has been one of the most impactful things. I, we, we just did uh, spoke at a marriage seminar in Cancun uh, a little while back ago and just some of the great results that people have shared with us about using the trigger identifier. Absolutely. And the other part about confronting reality would be sometimes we focus on the side issues Mm. and we skirt the real issue. So before you begin to address the tough stuff right away, figure out what the true issue is. And the trigger identifier does help you do that. It helps you figure out, okay, what is at the core of it? And then you can go through and you can address the tough things. You can address the real issues rather than just skirting around it. Right, because if you skirt around it, it'll come back up again. And you can take care of the web, but if you don't kill that spider, it'll go somewhere else and keep creating that web. So really the trigger identifier helps you get to that spider. It's five quick questions to help you see the pattern. Um, And then the last one, Lisa, is really take responsibility for results. And that's for good results and less than stellar results. Take responsibility. Yeah, and it's not just about the activity, but it's about, hey, what are we producing? And being results-focused is, it's really a way of thinking. And and I I would love people to move beyond this, like, um, time and activity mindset, 
oh, I spent a lot of time, oh, I worked hard. But let's step back and go, what was the results you produced? Because at the end of the day, we're all compensated by the results that we produce, not because of the time and activity. Yes, it takes time. It does take activity, but I think that helps people continue to modulate activity and helps people take the best use of their time. And one of the worst things, if you don't really have a results-focused organization, is people are just punching the clock, right? They're just putting in the time. They're putting in the activity. They're they're doing the reports. And how, we just had a conversation about a particular spreadsheet. And you asked me, Dennis, are you even looking at this? And I just had to tell the truth a little bit and then look at, well, how much time did this take our team? And how much did that cost our organization for putting together and working on this spreadsheet that, Dennis, you don't even look at? And I really had to own that and really realize, okay, you know, that was not really being results focused and really telling the truth on that issue. So, Well, and with being results focused... Uh, when we have a result, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate yeah. the wins. Let's celebrate the team. Celebrate the results. These these great results that that we had started from the beginning, and also the residual results, the other positive things that have yeah. happened. Be quick to celebrate those things. Be quick to celebrate it in front of the yeah. entire team with everyone that's that has um, been involved in it, and then also be quick to evaluate. Okay. What can we do better next time? If the result is is less than stellar, mm-hmm. um, rather than just packing it away and saying, okay, well, it, we'll save it for another quarter or figuring out, okay, how can we do this differently in, in, in a positive, proactive way? Yeah, that's really good. And so, Lisa, this has been really helpful. Um, I, I've loved it about these two legs. We've kind of taken four podcasts, talk about two legs of building confidence is that it's a, a character piece and it's a competency piece. There's a integrity and intent, right? There's a results focus. There's a capability focus. And so we just want to ask you today, what do you need to grow and where do you need, which leg do you need to grow bigger in? I think for me, Lisa, it's, it's got to be the character. And really working on some of these character things, like I know we talked about finishing strong as more of a capability, but for me, I think it's more of a character is making sure that I close the door on certain projects. And even though I'm a great quick start, I have to be able to finish strong. And so I think that maybe is my big takeaway from today. What, what about you? What kind of hit your brain as we were talking? Um, if I had to decide between character and competence, I would say working on the competency side. And I know that there are different areas that I need to improve in and um, continue to intentionally learn and intentionally grow in those areas. Well, and what I love about life is life always gives you an opportunity to learn. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're going to have experiences and every experience gives an opportunity to learn. And I love it. It's establish a track record of getting the right things done, making things happen on time and with budget. Yep. And yeah. as Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. So stop trying. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Awesome. So just like Nike said, just do it. And we'll see you next time on the Drama Free Living Podcast. 